You gonna take pictures? Or? Uh, uh, uh. I love you, Arizona. Your mountains and feelings in high. Roberto. Ali Alejandro. Ali Alejandro. Ali Alejandro. Ali Alejandro. Hello? Hello? Well, hello, John, Jonathan Hill, <laughs> otherwise known as Julius King. <laughs> uh, welcome to Miss Radio. Um, we're now live here um, on the Miss Radio Podcast Club. Yes. It is Monday evening, June 8th, approximately uh, two weeks from... Um, my my car accident, and two weeks also from uh, the tragedy of uh, George Floyd's passing. Yeah, so a lot has happened in these past couple of weeks. Um, yes. Just just to introduce um, my colleague here with us today, a very special guest, um, my best friend growing up when I was living in uh, Surprise, Arizona, and um, wow, just the storied history, our, our friendship. Has, has grown and um you know yeah. I, I'm, I'm so glad to to have you here with us today um yeah man i'm glad to be here he's he's such a positive influence in his community and to 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 the folks living out in arizona um you know in the hip-hop community and and abroad um such an innovative thinker um so I, i'm happy to introduce uh, a good friend of mine jonathan hill um but yeah so Man, what is going on in the world today? How are you doing? Shit, man. Shit if I know, man. Like, it's uh, it's pretty intense every day. It's like, jeez. It's like, jeez. Every day it's like something new, something wild. Yeah, 2020, man. It's like, feel like in these last, feel like these last six months have felt like six years. Like, when it comes <laughs> down to all that. When it comes down to all the madness, it's like we've lived through like shoot six years or more worth of events in six months. It's like 
remember when just like right like there was only one like crazy event like a year <laughs> now it's just right. like every, every day <laughs> <laughs> it's like every yeah. day it's something else that's like right. well, that's kind of why i had to get off of social media you know like three three weeks prior um you know i i was just going through a lot with school and uh-huh. Uh, on a personal note, and I, I was just like, you know, I I, I think I need to uh, look inward here for a sec. <laughs> but um, yeah. as soon as I got off, you know, I, I was. It, it's kind of like this interesting position that we put ourselves in in terms of our relationship to social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that you know you want to stay informed, but you don't want to be too lost in the weeds with with everything that's going on, or it's just going to make you depressed. Um, but at the same time, at the same token, we're living in an era that I think I saw on, on your Instagram um, of, of history, you know, civil rights history. Oh, yeah. So the movement that we're, we're living in uh, and through today, um, you know, I, I had sent out uh, a few questions to you. So, like, without further ado, you know, like, if you, if you want to engage on those reflection questions, yeah, I mean we can start on any of them, man. I was looking through any of them. I could I could touch on anything. Like, what do you what do you think is most pertinent right yeah. now that you want to touch on? So when I was coming up with these questions, you know, I I was trying to understand. This is this was last week. Um, just what was going on? You know, why were people rioting? You know, on a mm-hmm. very base fundamental level um but also on the individual level right you know mm-hmm. there's so much that's out of our control so i mean i guess the, the first thing that came to mind was you know we've been here before right mm-hmm. many times um, too many times probably yeah yeah and i was listening to this author you know talking about you know we're lucky that African Americans aren't like looking for revenge at this point. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're just looking for equality. You know, and I know, you know, it's, it's, it's a justifiable anger for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in your mind, as, as someone who's part of the African American community, mm-hmm. how do you think we break this cycle? You know, of violence. Uh, well, I think uh, I mean the first step is 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 acknowledgement it's like um you know i think the u.s specifically has been known for we don't really like slavery happened you know the countless genocides of the native americans and all that and we kind of teach that but we kind of don't it's kind of an unapologetic teaching you know what i'm saying like it happens but like you never really see any. I mean, I guess the Native Americans got some some type of reparation, um, type of things that they did. But with, especially when it comes to black people, there's been no like actual like accountability or anything like that. And I think that's like the first step is you know we don't you know like you look at places like um, like Germany where they you know it's like damn near, you know, illegal to be racist over there, you know what I'm saying? And to talk ill about, 
you know, about the what happened, what, what Germany did. And, like, um, you know, there's a lot more accountability there. There's a lot more accountability there. You know, there's they have memo. They have right. like um. They have more like um. Uh, you need. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. My bad. Um, you. They have like, you know, different memoir mem- memorials all through Germany and stuff like that, just so they can't forget what what they did and you know it's more way more apologetic i think um way more apologetic you know feeling that they have here it's kind of like yeah slavery happened but like you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps we're not we're not the slave owners anymore you know what i'm saying and they they kind of discount the fact that how how far back um black people have have actually really been, you know, um, set back, you know, as far as, you know, whether we're talking in a socioeconomic sense, we're talking about political sense, where we're talking about capital, you know, we're talking about, I mean, it's just, you know, when somebody, a group of people specifically is set back that far, I mean, I think it's even worse than we even realize or ever have acknowledged I mean, so, you know, until we start even acknowledging that we are the monster that, um, you know, that we've been, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to change, really. I mean, you, you'll, you'll have change, but it'll come at the, it'll come at the expense of people being angry, people rioting, people, I mean, I mean, there's only so much you could take that. You know, people are people at the end of the day. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily black or this or that. You know, it's like, right. you know, it's like if if you have a, a certain group of people, any type of group of people, you just, you can mix a bunch of people, treat like people's going. things you know it's not about peace it's not about peace if anything black people have been the most peaceful people <laughs> that you know when it comes to protesting like you said just just your friend said you're surprised that we're not trying to get revenge you know so it's not about peaceful we've been peaceful for a very long time <laughs> like a very long time i mean one of the biggest civil the biggest civil rights movement second to what's going on right now was Martin Luther King, and it was all about peace. You know, Colin Kaepernick, peaceful protest. So it's not about peace. You know, it's not about peace. It's not about, you know, it's just they, this country doesn't want to acknowledge what they do and continue to do. So until that acknowledgement is there, you know, you'll, you'll have the same things going on. Um, you know, you got these cops, you got these cops that, you know, they... Like they pushed that old man, and that wasn't a black man. That was, you know, that old man that was bleeding from the ear. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no. They pushed, yeah, they pushed this old man to the ground, and I mean, it's just a bunch of cops, you know, walking by this old man who's, who's, um, you know, obviously very much elderly, 
and um, you know, he's you can see he's hurt, and they don't care. You know what I'm saying? And then when they fired the cop that did that pushed him on the ground, they had 57 cops resign in in this guy's honor. You know, to um, not even resign, they just started doing. They didn't want to do emergency response teamwork. You know, in solidarity with the cop that got fired. You know, so I mean, that's like a clannish. That's like a gang mentality. You know, when you see somebody that did something wrong, and because you're a part, you're you know, they're a fellow cop. You know, you're gonna stand in solidarity even though they've done something wrong. And I mean, that's pretty much the story of of America. <laughs> Is you know, we've seen such things wrong. We know we've done such things wrong. But, I mean, we're still over here having to fight about Black Lives Matter. You know, isn't that, I mean, the Black Lives Matter thing, the statement alone is, I mean, as a movement, it's beautiful that progressions are being made. But, I mean, it, it's still kind of sad and scary that we have to even make that statement, you know? Right. Yeah, that's... That's a profound realization, you know, in terms of how far we've come and have we really progressed at all, you know, since um, the civil rights movement of, of yesteryear, of, of 1968, 1964. Um, and so the, the, the question that, that obviously begs, you know, deeper understanding, like you said, acknowledge acknowledging our, our history, you know, how that plays out in our education system. There's so many, you know, systemic issues at, at stake here um, that, you know, I, I, I'm reading this book right now. It's called How, how Can I Help? And it's basically stories and reflections on service. And the authors kind of highlight different uh, folks' like plights in terms of, you know, um, moments in their lives, different vignettes, short stories mm. of uh, how they serve, you know, their community in different ways, or how they've been served, right? So, you know, an another question that was in my mind was, you know, in, in a situation like this, for yourself, you know, to to get that individual perspective, what's something that you know you've asked yourself? How can I help? You know, where do you see yourself with that? Ah, uh, well. One is, I mean, the most important thing is is um, educating, you know, educating yourself and knowing what the history is because you can only acknowledge something and why something is the way it is when you know what the history is, you know. And we do a fine job of of telling one sided stories here, you know. So it's mm. like we, you know, for the longest time, I mean. Christopher Columbus Day, you know, it has its own holiday. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? While the Native Americans that were here will tell you a whole different story about how he was, he wasn't a hero, of course. You know, for the longest, we we treated him as if he was a hero. I mean, now we're trying to, we're making moves and, and you know, getting stuff like that backed up. You know, we also have different, um, you know, I mean, it's like, it's so ingrained. I mean, we still have Confederate statues up, you know. We still are, are, are still people praise the Confederate flag, you know what I'm saying? Even though that's like 
I mean, it's it's an asinine class, right? <laughs> like that's essentially treasonous, because it's like these are people that we fought to, you know, last time I that were going the, against the government. Last time I checked, the union won. <laughs> exactly. So it's like I don't even know why we're even like that stuff like that. It's like it's crazy. So it's like, um, you know, definitely educating yourself and then, um, you know, being becoming a part, integrating yourself, you know, we're so scared to talk to each other and to have these uncomfortable conversations and stuff like that, you know, so it's like, you know, talk to somebody, like talk to, if you don't understand something, try to understand, like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of these people that I really don't want to understand. They act like they do, you know. Right. But like, you know, there's a level of of not wanting to to get it because, and you know, I don't even know if that's sometimes I don't know, you know, for lack of a better term, I don't know if white people don't realize that they don't want to be, <laughs> they don't want to talk to a black man or talk to a black person, right. you know. Because it's uncomfortable and they're not used to that or they're not, they don't know how to ask. You know what I'm saying? Right. My thing, my, my thing is if you're, if you have any questions or you have anything, I would just ask it as stupid as it's going to sound. Cause I mean, when it's, it's more stupid to ignore it than to just ask the questions that you want to better understand somebody. I mean, at the end of the day, the bigger picture is, we're all human that want to understand each other and that just want to live and feel like we're just like everyone else. We're human. And that's, I mean, that's as basic as it gets, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's like, it's like last time I checked, um, you're you're human, right? Okay. Yeah. It's like be, be empathetic just be, you know, maybe they're not just mad for nothing, you know? Like, don't be that guy that just thinks these guys, we're just a group of people that's just angry and we just, oh, we're all just, you know, we're all suffering from this mass hysteria and, and delusion that, no, maybe. Hold on one second, uh, John. Uh, you kind of they haven't gone through it, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, sit there and, and tell yourself, you know what, maybe I didn't, you know, although I haven't lived this life, maybe the world is, does affect these people in a sense that, you know, we'll try and I'll stand behind them because empathy and education will take you a, far, a long way in, in this struggle and in this fight to, to progress, you know. How much of a role? Because what you're what you're saying, you know, is is that you're talking about cross cultural empathy, right? You know, reaching across the aisle and trying to understand, uh, you know, another person's plight in life. And how much do you think you know fear plays a role into this? And like, how do we how do we challenge our uh, you know perceptions of anger, perceptions of fear? Uh, how can we find, you know, a natural tendency to compassion? Um, I just think that just you have to. All right. 
Yeah, I was like, uh, when it comes to that, it's just like fear is just, you know, the lack of knowledge. Again, that's really what it boils down to. Like, you know, if you have, let's say you're going to, you know, fear is like, let's say you were going to jump off a building and you knew 100%, but for 100%, that you're not going to get hurt if you fall. You knew that 100%. You don't even question it. Right. You're not going to be scared of jumping off. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that you don't know what's going to happen, I might kill myself. I might break a leg. I might, you know, you're not going to jump. You know, you're not going to do the jump. If you 100% knew things, you, would, you wouldn't be afraid of anything. You know, if you knew 100% of the time what to do, and how to do it, you would never be afraid. You would never. Right. That, and, and. I job of. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, we've done a great job of making, especially black people like this, like, I mean, even like anything. It's like, I mean, it's, it's so embedded in even like black magic and, and you know, like, you know, black is like the unknown. It's the darkness. It's the night. You know, night is, you know, has that connotation because it's the night. You don't know what's going on. That's why, you know, it's all kind of just ingrained in our system, in our heads, you know, to fear the unknown. Death. We're so scared of death, but who knows? It might be a parade when we get, you know, after we die. You know, why would you be scared? I think a lot of white people to are scared of black people because they just don't know them. They're not around them. They hear what, you know, countless systematic oppressors have said about them. You know, mm. we, there's countless people that have, you know, that are against um, black people and that are, you know, racist as well, you know, that just, they don't know, you know, you have some, there's like, shoot, countless hillbillies out there never met a black person, but they know they hate them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like that just not knowing, that not being around enough. We're not, you know, not being around that culture. When you're not around a culture, when you're not around a culture, you're not going to understand them as much. You know what I'm saying? So, we we get and as people in general we get are we tend to go be afraid of things that we don't know and you know like, you know from countless not having pe- black people on you know on TV for years of not making you know black the you know the black man the the main character they see white people see the main character they see John Wayne you know they see. Um, you know, they see a white character as, as the main star, the main hero. The main, I mean, of course, now, like I said, everything's changing more and, you know, we're making progressions. But I mean, if you don't know something, if you don't see it, you know, you're going to be more enticed to be scared of them because you just don't know how to deal with them. You don't know how to handle them. It's not it's, you know. We're integrated in many in in very small ways. Integrated in the fact that we see black people 
you know, in school and stuff like that. But a lot of these schools, they segregate themselves. If you really look deep into it, you know, the black kids will stay with the black kids. The, you know, Mexicans will be with the Mexicans. It's like, you know, and that's integrated. Yeah, that's integrated. But until you start seeing people in, in you know, in uh, places of authority or or in in main roles and you start seeing, oh, these guys are just like us. You know, these people are just like, you know, it's, then it starts to get that way, you know. But I think the most, you know, really it just comes down to you, it's, we're integrated in, in many ways, but also not integrated in many ways. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of reminds me, like, in terms of African-American contributions to American culture, uh, it, it, it goes without saying, right? Like, the creation of jazz music, the creation of hip-hop music, all the wonderful, you know, different types of cuisine, um, you know, offerings that you have, um, and, and just this rich culture of, of the arts that emanates from from African-American um, people, you know, and, and that community. And, and yet, you know, it, it still somehow finds itself, you know, like, like hip hop really has done a number on entering, you know, mainstream America, right? Where I think its history was really rooted in um, a lot of urban city centers. And now it, I mean, you can listen, I mean, what was it? That one guy who was, you know, got the horses in the back, you know, like who would have thought yeah, yeah. <laughs> hip hop would, you know, I know transverse into different genres. Whoever thought know? that hip hop would take it this far. <laughs> like Biggie said, whoever thought hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight because I rhyme tight. <laughs> you know, you know, Jonathan Hill, my best friend for many, many, many years. And great hip hop artist of Arizona, the hip hop king of Arizona, something so. I would. Uh, it's it's a big <laughs> deal, you know. Like what what is going on is happening, and it's revolutionary, honestly, in, in so many ways that people are getting out and they're doing their part. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Just even to have this conversation with you right now, and talking about defunding the police. Wow, what a time to be alive. I know, man. So, you know, without further ado, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but, you know, if, for those that are, that are listening, I, I want you to offer, you know, your final words as we sign off here. No. Roberto. <laughs> oh, you waiting the whole time? Wait, no, you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, every time I start singing that Lady Gaga song, you hear me, so. <laughs> oh. Okay, man. Go shoot your shot. Tell the world what's on your mind. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I just think uh, it's just, you know, it's been a long time coming, for lack of better words, on some Sam Cooke shit. Uh, People are tired of, you know, uh, not having fair opportunities. People are upset with, you know, systematically being oppressed. People are upset that, um, you know, really just getting treated like we're not, you know, not human. And this has been going on forever. And, I mean, there are police corruption, there's government corruption, there's the system has just been corrupt for a long time and it's reared its head through racism, which has taken, you know, multiple groups of people and has oppressed them. And it seems that the common factor in all of it has been black people. And, you know, there's been years of peaceful protests. There have been many figures, historical black figures that have been peacefully protested and have been met with violence. And eventually, you know, it's like when you cover somebody's mouth for so long and their voice and their peace and try to silence them in every way possible, eventually, as everything, is may get violent. And But that's not a you know, that's not a, that's not because, we, you know, we want that to happen. It's because it's the only way sometimes you get people to listen. That's an, that's not uh, a trait that was inherent. It's a trait that was learned. And uh, people are upset, you know, people are upset. And they're going to continue to be upset until things actually change. So, you know, we don't need a police state we don't need anything to be more aggressive than it needs to be we don't need people to essentially um bully us and become like a you know gang mentality so we want to eradicate that we want to eradicate um you know violence especially you know when it yeah, going you know police brutality happens you know at a crazy rate with everybody, except a lot of times when a black life is involved, uh, they don't get justice. You know where it can be common, you know, with a lot of people, it's about justice and you know, about who gets off most of the time, you know, who's, who's getting away with what most of the time, you know what I'm saying, mm. and, uh, and when a certain group of people is getting away with things most of the time, is controlling things most of the time, is telling their own narrative most of the time, um, you could lose power. You could lose power and, you know, 
power often corrupts. So you need that balance, man. You know, and all we're asking is balance, equality, and truth. You know, and that's being lost in a time like this. So I think that um, until balance, truth, and equality is uh, weighed out in this country, then we, you know, there won't be peace. You know, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of people that could go after white people. And make it, you know, and, and make this about white people. Make this like we're gonna seek revenge, but no, it's just people just want to be heard. People just want to be people, and that's it. I mean, in my eyes, it, it's always been strange that there's this idea of white people and people of color. You know, like white people are their own thing entity like they're this own thing and then there's everybody else you know right like we're we're made up of the same ingredients at the end of the day yeah like everybody else there's white people that are the I mean like they're looking at oh they're the pure and then there's everybody else and you know I just don't see the world like that I don't see whiteness as being anything I just think that that's a privilege and um, something that an illusion that they've created to justify privilege, to justify doing wrong, to justify, you know, why their superiority, you know, is, is a thing. So at the end of the day, there are people. You know, it's not white people and people of color. It's people. And once you eliminate that idea of whiteness, and I think whiteness is just really another term for privilege. You eliminate that idea and you make, you know, you make everybody just people. It's like, that's all we want, man. We just want to be, everybody just wants to be people. Nobody wants to be anything else. Nobody wants to be look down upon or anything like that, you know, so and nobody wants you know power to corrupt, you know and power is corrupted power, you know has corrupted its rear head with racism and it's done and it's used race for a long time to create power But now that power has long over spilled into different avenues where even white people are, you know, there's the whole class war that we're not even getting into. That's even, you know, a bigger thing, you know what I'm saying, in the grand scheme of things, you know. But race is easy to divide people with, you know. Mm, It's easy. It's divide and conquer. It's divide and conquer. And you know, we're not going to let that happen no more. So. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, man, it's it's been an honor. It's been a privilege to hear your words. And um, again, my best friend, Jonathan Hill, hailing from Phoenix, Arizona. 
He also goes by Julius King. You can find his music on Spotify and other platforms. So uh, without further ado, you know. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, man. I don't know if you hear the helicopters all surrounding me. Uh, <laughs> we out here in the thick of it, man. We out here in the thick of it. Um, shoot, I just live down the street, so I have to be in there, man. But so, no, this is real. I, I could hear you saying, like, Ali Alejandro. <laughs> oh, oh man. we got some gold takes here man this is the most fun i've had on the podcast yet yeah no dude i'm glad to, i'm glad to be on shit yeah, i'm over here taking pictures taking photos this is it's a nice little peach covered sky today tonight your face is a peach covered then- sky <laughs> yeah, no, I'm out, bro. We got the helicopters in the background per use. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like a scene from Goodfellas or something. Helicopters are over here looking at the protest. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So yeah, man. You know, as as we sign off here, um, and you know, this movement keeps going. Um with the policies that we've discussed, you know, moving forward, it, it only makes sense. You know, I, I think people mean well by defunding the police, you know, and restructuring, you know, cities budget cities across America that are seriously hurting for social structural reform, you know? Um, so it, it's coming at a point where I think, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear your final thoughts on, on what's been happening and um, what you think will what will come of this. So without further ado, Jonathan Hill. Um, well, here, uh, here in Arizona, I think, especially in Arizona, we're in a unique uh, kind of position because we're one of the we're one of the top. Uh, states in the country at one point probably the, the top state in the country um, for police killings so and that's that's a cop killing uh, uh, you know a pedestrian like a you know a person you know that's not a cop we're one of the top states to um, you know probably top five I know we were number one at one point um, so we kill you know our cops kill more people than most of the country um so we have that anger here already on the forefront so then uh you you know you pair that with the fact that we have our own george floyd that we're fighting right now named Dion johnson and um you know he's he was a uh he was a uh, a black man that was uh, killed while sleeping in his car, um, and he was shot dead. So we're, we've been fighting for that, you know. Right now, we just had, I just went to a uh, pro. It was more of a vigil yesterday um, on in his honor, and you know, countless people showed up to that. That was a really big thing. So we've been doing this 
for probably like uh about going on two weeks protesting really. Um so yeah, we have that here. So that's really fueling the fire as well. Um and then what what was the other the other part of the question you said? Right. So, you know, someone who is an artist in your community, you know, what 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 comes to mind? you know, in terms of documenting this moment, you know, uh, oh. from, from your artistic perspective? I've been doing a lot of filming. Um, personally, I've been doing a lot of filming. Really? I've, yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've, I have so much footage of all of this information that's going on, all this um, protests and all these. You know, I've been doing a lot of filming and doing a lot of um, photo taking. I got this real cool picture that, I think really illustrates what's going on here is, you know, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's like this picture. Yeah. It was like this visual of like, um, I took a shot where it's, this guy was wearing a holding a all live, you know, all for all for all lives for black lives matter or something like that. And then right above him is these, these cops that are on this building watching the whole thing. This cop is like looking down at us. And in the background, there's also like this like helicopter that that was circling around. And it just, it's just that authority that's looking down on us. You know what I'm saying? That I think really captured the moment. It's these cops that are Mm -hmm. just looking down on us and we're all protesting. And I mean, you know, so that visual just, I felt like, really captured a moment, you know. Um, so really trying to be visual with it. I have a song that I did. Actually, I wrote the song before any of this. I mean, I guess before is relative because, I mean, this has been going on forever. So right. um, <laughs> I guess it, before all of these recent, you know, before 2020, I should say, I wrote this song called 2020. And it touched on all this police, thing, you know, brutality and, um, you know. Man, you're a prophet, John. Bro, I, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, it's I, like I wrote that song before 2020. And my dad, he actually like, he actually like was like, damn, this is everybody that listens to is like, damn, this is scary. You wrote this before 2020. And like I talked on all of this, all of this stuff that was going on. And so I'll be dropping that song. You know, because I really think it, you know, it talks to the times. And then, you know, uh, we're going to be shooting a video uh, while I infuse. The reason I started taking a lot of these protest videos is so I can infuse them with this music video idea that I have um, for the song that I have. So, I mean, really just being visual and, you know, putting out the song. Yeah, I talk about this stuff all the time in my songs. So this isn't really a new topic for me. You know, I I love talking about this. I like, um, you know, spreading awareness on on stuff like this, you know, because I've had I've had relatives that are, you know, you know, get caught in the system and been, you know, have been um, a victim to police brutality and. so, you know, it really does hit home to me. But, um, so, yeah, so that's how I've been doing it, just writing songs and just really documenting 
and making videos just so nobody ever forgets, you know? And I think we live in a, we live in such a unique era where, you know, when when Martin Luther King was doing the civil rights movement, nobody had cameras like that, you know what I'm saying? Now we can document this and there's no whitewashing it, you know, for lack of a better word. There's no, like, you know, there's no faking it. Like, the people are going to document this moment for eternity. And I think nobody's going to be able to forget what happened here, you know, and what's happening and what's going on. And I think that's why um, we're, we're going to see more success, you know, uh, and progression because, you know, you cannot, you can't unsee all that's going on. And for those who don't want to see it, then, you know, we won't need them. Yeah. Right. Kind of like with what you're saying reminds me of um, that, that old video of Nina Simone talking about, she, uh, and uh, I looked it up just now. She said, an artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. I think that is true of painters, sculptors, poets, musicians. As far as I'm concerned, it's their choice, but I choose to reflect the times and situations in which I find myself. That, to me, is my duty. And, you know, what what better of a place than now, you know, to really reflect these times, you know, and, um, you know, something that I, I, I was trying to go back in time and understand how revolutionary Dr. King's philosophy was in terms of social change. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, he wrote, you know, steps uh, and you can find this on, on the kingcenter.org, his philosophy. And it's like six steps in terms of nonviolent social change. Mm -hmm. And the first, the first step is information gathering. Which blew my mind because this is pre-social media, right? Yeah. So it's like he he knew how important it was to share information, you know. Mm. Uh, and the second step is education. Third step is personal commitment. You know, the fourth step, what we're doing right now, discussion, negotiation. Mm. Um, the fifth step, direct action. And then the sixth step, that reconciliation, you know. And it, it's... In the words of Sam Cooke, you know, this has been a long time coming. Oh, yeah. And um, I think it's, it's, it's super fascinating. And, 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 you know, before we go, you know, I, I want to ask you one last question. Yeah. You know, what policy comes to mind? Hold on, Angela. For you um, of, yeah, just make some yeah. chicken and stuff. Fucking corn. Grilling it up. What you up to? <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, no, nah, don't worry about it, man. I know how it goes. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, brother. <laughs> oh, man, no, that's, that's going to be beautiful. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, we're out here. Yeah, we're out here grilling, so. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I was grilling yesterday with my brother. Uh, but, yeah, man, um, it's something that I think, so this question, you know, it's really interesting in that, like, it's a, it's a policy question of what comes to mind in terms of policy for you in terms of how do we change 
you know, systemic racism. And, and like right now where it's specifically on police brutality, right? So there's a multiplicity of camps in terms of, you know, there's one movement that's saying let's defund the police, you know, and restructure our, our budgets on a city level. There's another movement that's saying, um, you know, eight can't wait movement. That's like, but that movement is pushing for more training for officers, right? Uh, which means more dollars in, in, in the budget. And then there's like the legal perspective uh-huh. of qualified immunity, which was something that was put in place in the 1960s. So it's, it's impossible for citizens to sue law enforcement when they commit murder, uh-huh. right? Um, and that's something that's, you know, they're trying to, Congress is trying to address. That's illegal? A, you can't a, do that? It's right. Yeah, it's 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 the it's a legal doctrine called qualified immunity. Um, and Democrats right now, they're looking to eliminate this. But this is a legal doctrine that was put into place in the 1960s. It was, it was established by the by the, the Supreme Court. And it, it basically shields bad cops from lawsuits and denies victims justice. You know, yeah, that's so kind of like immunity. It's very yeah, like that, that's <laughs> like a shit, actually. Like, what the hell? Like, damn. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say reverse that shit. I mean, you would start, start there. <laughs> like, I would definitely say that's one thing that needs to be. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, that, that's that's why. That's like. I mean, that just goes to show you right there that, I mean, it's like these people are seen as more than just people. You know, it's like, I don't know. At the end of the day, people should be held accountable for their actions. Like, you should, yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't care if you're a cop or you're the president. I mean, it's like, if you kill somebody, that's it. You should be held accountable. That's, that's weird. But, um, yeah, so I would say that definitely. I would say, and yeah, I would say defund the police. Like this is crazy. Like I remember, like like we we're, we're not inventing the wheel. Like again, like there are places like around the world where like cops don't have guns or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not an actual. You know, I think England they don't have guns and shit. Like. Right, like right. we're the only ones yeah. that just want to be fucking. We just want to be gun toting all the time. It's crazy. It's like the Wild West. It's like, jeez, it just gets to be too much. It's like for what? For what? For what? Like, like, what do you need all this craziness? I remember when, uh, I remember when, uh, some of the. I remember. I actually remember seeing when the cops started. Like they went from these like. You know, those, like, ring cop cars, and all of a sudden, these motherfuckers had chargers and shit, and, like, Mustangs, and, like, what the hell? Like, motherfuckers, there's, like, there's, like, homeless down the street that, like, there's communities in tents, and, like, I mean, we can't do something to, like, maybe help the people. I mean, to help the people that these people are supposed to be serving, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like, it just right. seems like a riot to me. I mean, like a racket to me. It's just like, 
these motherfuckers do not need to be it's driving. Part of the status quo. Yeah, it's like these motherfuckers do not need to be driving in better cars than everybody else, and this crazy, crazy. Like, come on, like all, like all of them, like it's like having the most riot gear and crazy thing. Like they're about to go to war with who? Like it's like we haven't had a war here. Nobody's, nobody's like the average cop. I, you know, I would say does not need to be in like as heavily geared up and as I mean most most issues can be handled through conversation and training if they were trained to do their job I mean, we have, we're, you have, I mean you have to work harder to be a you have to work harder to be a uh, doggone cosmetologist than you have to do be a cop it's like we're, we're signing up any Andy Gump that, that signs up <laughs> It's like that doesn't make any sense to me, man. So it's like, I mean, yeah, like you, they don't need to, most most cops. I just don't feel like need to be, um, like there's what I'm saying is there's better ways to use money than to just fund fund um, cops the way we have. Man. I mean, it's like I can, I mean, I, I can see it. I can what. I mean, I could definitely it's see like, that. Uh, I, I definitely see money management could be done better. I mean, and every and they would still be good. They would still be protected. Everything would be the same. You know? like, so I don't know. So yeah, I do. I you know, I say if it's possible and it's a liable thing, do it. Why not? Like we need to be helping people. You know, like what are we what are we doing? If not if not that, then I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, you guys get paid countless amount of money. I mean, I know the government gets paid countless amount of money based off you know um, tickets and fines and I mean, shoot. Getting a DUI, shoot, in Arizona, getting a DUI is like somebody told me the other day it was a rite of passage. <laughs> it was like, imagine, I can imagine, imagine how much money they're making off of that. I mean, the different ways they make money is unbelievable. So it's like, I'm just speaking off of what I'm experiencing. So it's like, I just hope that the money that they're making, I feel like could be definitely funded in better ways especially when there's like people on the streets that are living in so um i think we lost john but um you know there's been a lot of good conversation here you know in terms of understanding what's happening in phoenix what my um good friend is experiencing um there's not enough you know that we can do in the moment but i think in the long term in the long road ahead you know there's things that we're doing now that will serve in the interim and will benefit you know our african american brothers and sisters um Like it it goes back to the beginning of our conversation with information sharing and 
debunking the myth that, you know, you know, and it's going to cause havoc. No, it's not. It's a restructuring of our society because our society is broken on so many different levels. And it starts by rehabilitating and looking after the people who are hurt the most. That's what a community does. That's what a village does. You know, it takes it takes a whole village to raise a child and we're all children inside. So And don't forget the resources below in the episode description box. Click on those links, people. Read, 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 read. And uh read. Thank you.